Well, hello, everybody. Welcome on in to the Check Your Brain podcast, another free edition on this Wednesday. Uh, I had a previously scheduled guest, but I'm bumping it till next week because I had to cover the craziness out of Atlantic City over the weekend. But uh, yeah, before we get started here, thank you for listening. If you want more episodes like this, go to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur for three bucks, five bucks, ten bucks. There's different tiers, different perks. If you want to pay me a couple of bucks, I see what you do with the, your super chats. You're spending 20 bucks so Kevin Brennan can read a super chat, yet you won't give me three for 20 podcasts a month? What the heck, man? <laughs> I don't care what you do with your mind. I'm just being silly. Uh, yeah, patreon.com slash Tony Mazer. That uh, song, of course, The Outfield, Your Love. I would probably say on the Light FM, the Bob FM, the Jack FM, all those radio stations in the last 20 years, that's probably a top 10 most played song next to Bon Jovi, next to like a Billy Joel, at least of the 80s. Jesse's Girl, so when you hear Your Love, it went from being a guilty pleasure in, say, 2004 to, oh, that's on my playlist, on my iPod by 2008, to everybody knows this song ever. So uh, that is uh, the outfield. Tony Lewis, who was the lead singer and bass guitarist, I did see them live or whatever band. It was, <clears throat> it, yeah, I think it was the same band, and it was the lead singers of Bow Wow Wow, the outfield, and Kajagugu together. Oh, yeah, what a wonderful show that was. And a random guitar pick I caught from Tony Lewis of the outfield. Of all the bands I've caught guitar picks from, it's very random. 311's lead singer Nick Hexum threw one, or no, he gave it to me actually, uh, when we were at a club back in 2005. Uh, uh, William Duvall, the Lane Staley of the new incarnation of Alice in Chains, uh, a couple other bands like Smile Empty Soul, and oh gosh, well, and then in the outfield, of course, and Smash Mouth. So very odd. A collection of guitar picks that I have. But Tony Lewis, I believe he may have been a COVID death the past couple of years. But there's a reason I had to play that song. We'll play we'll hear about it a little bit more here in the podcast with some of the clips. It's not as clippy as I normally do with my podcast. I don't have as many videos that I'm going to play. There will be some videos, and we will get into them as I go throughout the podcast. But uh, yes, I am back. I'm recording this Tuesday. I came back Monday from New Jersey. My wife and I, we went out to New Jersey. There was a big comedy show and a get-together at the Borgata, the casino, hotel, spa, all that. It's uh, From what I've heard is the Borgata is the nicest hotel by far in Atlantic City. Everything by the boardwalk is a dump. I mean, we look, I like the boardwalk. It's kitschy. It has that nostalgic feel, but boy, there's really not much there. And I'm not just saying that because it's February. I, I, From what I've heard, if, if it's July and it's 75 degrees, there's still not a lot other than people going up and down the boardwalk on rollerblades or, I don't know, you got to watch your wallet in some places. There's a lot of things closed. But as far as the Borgata, everyone says that, yeah, that basically, it was the Trump Taj Mahal at one time, and then eventually when the Borgata came on board, they had their own a tunnel that they created, their their own path to get there. It's uh, it's really nice, really nice. I recommend it if you have uh, several thousand dollars. <laughs> wasn't that much, but close to it. Uh, but it was Valentine's Day time. By the way, happy Valentine's Day. 
and wanted to uh, treat the missus to, to a nice little hotel as opposed to staying at a travel lodge down the street. The, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was, it was a good time. We had our comedy, well, it, uh, the reason I was there was the comedy show, and the next day was the Super Bowl, and we heard about a previous podcast guest and friend of mine, Jim Florentine. We've heard about how his Super Bowl parties are unbelievable, and we eventually went there. <clears throat> so we went to the Super Bowl on Sunday, of course, for the party, and it's just it really is. You see Jim's family, his brother Dan, and everybody. Everyone was just a lunatic. You go, oh, this runs in the family, and it's but it's good lunacy, not the lunacy we saw the night before. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but uh, no, it was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, drank a lot. We Ubered, so it was no problem. A uh, shout out to Keith, the Asian Uber driver on the way there, who uh, I probably could have drank twenty beers and would have driven straighter down the road than Keith did. But five stars for you. You got us to our destination. And Mike Morse was there. Got to see uh, see him. Amanda Gale, Karen Margolis, Chad Zumach. I guess Joey Diaz, Coco Diaz was there earlier, but uh, I think he had left when we were polling in right around that time, which I uh, didn't get a chance. I've seen him before, but I've never met Joey. That'd been kind of cool. And uh, yeah, and it, during halftime, the girls went upstairs to watch Usher and the guys stay downstairs, and we continue drinking and listening to Black Sabbath, which is a tradition, and it was fun. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great, and great meeting people and seeing people that I've only seen on like Compound Media or Gas Digital shows, and uh, get to work with them. But yes, yeah, Saturday was the big comedy show with previous podcast guests, plural, yes, Chad Zumach, Keanu C. Thompson, who is the fiancé of Gino Bisconti. So they've all been on this podcast. Gino, I would say most infamously on this podcast, Linger Longer. And uh, we were at the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. And let's just say that this is not a place that's really for stand-up comedy. It's a craft beer bar. Cool bar. Had no problem. Actually, really nice-looking, non-Atlantic City feel to it bar. The problem is, usually they're a place that would have an acoustic guitar and not four insane comedians on stage, myself included, just yelling and calling people retards the whole time. <laughs> and having the fans there. And that was the other thing. The reason I was going there, because you're like, well, what did you get out of this? What did I gain out of going to Atlantic City? I got to meet fans that I've only talked to, some that are fans of mine, some that weren't and maybe are fans now, or some that are just trolling me the whole time. But it was nice to see people like uh, beloved Chatta, Bill from Jersey was great. He, we hung out with him the whole night until he Irish goodbye. Because <laughs> maybe Irish goodbye because of all the Irish whiskey. Hmm, gee, I wonder. Um, uh, Dirty Deeds uh, saw him. Uh, John from Win by Two, he was at the show. Uh, who was it? Carl from Who Are These Podcasts? Brother was there. Uh, Gino's brother, Pete Bisconti, and they had family and everybody. It was really cool seeing these people face to face. So if you're listening, thanks for coming on out. Uh, I hope I didn't embarrass myself. <laughs> hope you didn't embarrass yourself because people were people were pretty drunk that night. It was pretty. Uh, people were flying high. When we were at the hotel, we see uh, all Misery Loves Company shirts and Kevin Brennan T-shirts. We're like, well. Guess so you know where they're going tonight. They're going to go to the Tennessee Avenue Beer Hall. But it, I, honestly, look, the, the the show was a shit show. 
I'll be honest with you. Uh, I try to, I'm trying not to curse, but I'm going to curse in the podcast a little bit today. It was a shit show, but it was a good shit show. I wouldn't have it any other way where we were having problems with the speaker. We, you know, there was getting feedback. Then we get a microphone, a, 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 one of the wireless microphones, and the battery was dead. And then some people, it was too loud in the front, but no one could hear us in the back. It was one speaker. It's not like the speakers went throughout the, the whole joint. So, uh, and you know what, and, and weirdly enough, I started doing material where normally I would think they don't want to hear my material. I'm just going to start doing this dabble verse stuff and all these inside jokes. They didn't want to hear the inside jokes, but they laughed at my material. Like, well, that's not, yeah, that's interesting. Not really used to this, but you had to do things on the fly. All right. You guys want to hear what I have to hear? Here's a couple of jokes. Here's my material. I'll get off stage, bring chat up. And then Gino did, uh, I think he did about four and a half hours on stage. Gino repeated a couple of jokes, but that's okay. That's Gino. That's what he does. So here's what I want to get into here on the podcast is the dabble verse that I had mentioned this. What is the dabble verse? And here's the reason I'm mentioning this and why I'm actually doing this podcast. It's not just, a, hey, Atlantic City was great. Check me out tomorrow. I got a brand new podcast for you. No, it's the reason I want to do a podcast and kind of explain things. Because I, I've been doing the podcast with Chad, Chad Zumach, uh, for the last three, yeah, about three years now, called Mondays with Mazer. It's on our Patreons, and in the last year we've put it out, done it live, basically every Monday around 2 o'clock, because you get super chats, and it's, it's a live podcast, and then later we will put it on our Patreons. But in the last, I would say, year and a half, our show has taken a little bit of a turn. The reason it started was me going crazy during all the COVID stuff. And he and I would be on the phone like several times a week for an hour, maybe two hours, talking about lockdowns and vaccine mandates and Fauci and Trump and Biden and everything. And by 2021, Chad's just like, why don't we just do this like our phone calls as a podcast? So it was a lot of just vitriol about what was going on in the news. And then Chad started getting involved like heavily in this universe of Misery Loves Company by Kevin Brennan and his show. And because of this, these characters started popping up. And when I say characters, not just comedians, not just comedians who do podcasting and have been guests on podcasts or have their own or all the above. Then we started seeing periphery characters. We started seeing fans with either real or fake names, do podcasts. And then they would do response podcast to a response podcast to a response podcast. Oh, yeah. This is, it's called the Dabbleverse. Now, why is it called the Dabbleverse? Let's go back in time a little bit. We're going to, I'm going to do a history. This, this might be not 100% accurate history. I am not a... <laughs> What what's the guy who does the uh, was it Dan Dan Savage is that the guy who does the history podcast? It was really 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 good, very comprehensive. Um, but no, this is not going to be a complete history. I'm probably leaving a bunch of things out. The reason it's called the Dabbleverse and dabbling and dabbler was during COVID, and the comedian Chrissy Mayer had her podcast. She interviewed a gentleman by the name of Stuttering John Melendez. And John, at this point in his career, was doing a little bit of stand-up comedy. 
And Chrissy had mentioned something along the lines of, so you're basically dabbling in comedy. And then that took off as what it is today of being the dabble verse. So it's kind of, John Melendez is in the middle of this vortex or whatever you want to call it. I'll say it is a universe and it's different prongs and feuds and then you make up and then you're feuding again and it's all of this is going on. But it dates back way before 2020. Let's be honest. This goes back to the 80s because this Dabbleverse and this whole... I And again, the reason I break this down, the reason I'm doing this, is I do have fans outside of this Dabbleverse. I have people who told me, hey, I like your podcast, but when you and Chad start bringing up, I don't, who's the potato? There's a corn? Who's Tukey? Who are these people? I can't listen to you. And I said, I don't blame you. It's, it's ridiculous. I, I really, I really cannot tell you what's going on, why it's going on, why it's interesting to some people. Um, so let's get back. Uh, I'm going to do the, the history of it. Just so you know, when I bring up certain names, you'll go, oh, so that's what he means when he brings this person up. Oh, so that's this person's significance. So I would say this starts back in the 80s. And there was a show, um, I don't know if it's still around. I don't know what he's doing these days. It was called uh, The Howard Stern Show. And Howard Stern, he was, uh, yeah, he bounced around. He was in D.C. for a little bit. He was in Detroit on www 4 in Detroit. And uh, it's Big Bird in the morning. It's like, uh, is Elmo coming up? I don't know what, what it was. Um, then he goes to D.C., gets fired at Washington, D.C. on D.C. 101. And comes to New York and is on WNBC. WNBC. And, of course, shown in the Private Parts movie. And there's Rob and there's Fred and eventually Jackie Martling. Also previous guest on this podcast. Jackie's not getting back to me. He's, he's I don't know if he's going senile. He's a little unreliable for me. But anyways, I was trying to help him. It wasn't just for me. So in those days, that show really took off, and then there were certain characters that would pop up, like a guy named Mitch Fatel. Now, I know Mitch. I've worked with Mitch a long time ago. Mitch was an intern, and his internship was ending, and he recommended one of his buddies from film school or whatever, and it was a guy named John Melendez. And so when Gary, a.k.a. Bobby, Baba Booey, brought it up and said, uh, Hey, Howard, uh, this guy's got stutter. Uh, put him on And they said, He's got stutter. Okay, let's put him on the show. And his name is Stuttering John Melendez. Uh, by any chance, did you ever accidentally uh, fart in the catch's face? Pardon? Uh, by any chance, did you ever accidentally uh, <laughs> fart in the catch's face? Who the hell are you? For God's sake, that kind of damn question. See ya. So that's uh, Stuttering John, who was a call screener, and they would give him these celebrity interviews, Jackie Martling, and Fred Norris, they would write, and Howard would write him lines and go to these press conferences. And, you know, it really just screw with the, these celebrities and ask these dumb questions. So that's him asking Ted Williams if he's ever farted in the catcher's face. Later. Do you pray that Oprah would eat until she explodes? That's not funny. Amelda, do you think that, do you think that ugly people sh should be allowed to have children? Amelda, right here. If you pass gas at home in front of others, do you blame the family dog? So that's a little bit of John. Uh, it's what he did back in the day. He, he was on the show for 15 years. 
got into a fight with AJ Benza, which I mentioned on stage. Uh, and yeah, it was it was one of those things that uh, he John didn't really have a lot of talent on the show, but his talent was his stutter and the fact that he really just the he uh, how can I say this? He really gave it all for the show. But because of that, he gained himself popularity. He was a guest on Conan. He's playing in a band. He's got a music video with Gene Simmons and Grandpa Al Lewis from the Munsters and Gilbert Gottfried. And he was all, all over the place at that time. Then he leaves Stern's show, becomes the announcer for the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Followed him over when he did that failed late night or non-late night one. It was like that 10 p.m show that lasted a couple of months. And then ever since then, he's been what they called dabbling in comedy. He was a glorified whack packer, John Melendez. And the whack pack having Gary the Retard, Wendy the Retard, Hank the, Re Hank the Angry, Angry Drunken Dwarf, Elephant Boy, Beetlejuice, just go through the whole list. Uh, Dan the Farter was another one. I remember, I listened to Howard long time, long to back in the Jackie days. I'm old enough to remember Jackie on the show. And then Artie and then everybody else kind of came on board after that. So John has been kind of the center of this universe. And that's where you get a lot of this, for, where it traces back to that and the Opie and Anthony show. ONA was a little bit of an offshoot. They were influenced by Howard Stern, but they took things in a different way. Opie and Anthony began their show as it's more of a hang, that we're doing afternoon drive, and people kind of just want to wind down their day. We're going to just have some fun, do some impressions, have comedians. And instead of the comedian coming, hey, we've got so-and-so who's uh, promoting it. He's going to be at the uh, Chuckle Hut tonight and tomorrow, two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow. They wouldn't do that. It was, let's bring a comic on and talk to them. Hey, wh what are your quirks? What do you enjoy? Don't just do your bit. It's not the Bob and Tom show. And because of that, you had a lot of fans getting involved, and they were called the pests. And the reason I'm bringing all of this up is what is leading in towards today. So Howard's show is not the same anymore, of course. We've talked about that number of times, how he's fine with interviewing Reese Witherspoon on her new movie, or he's talking to members of, like, reality TV shows. You say, that's not the Howard I remember, where he's asking Jessica Hahn what, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Jim Baker's penis tasted like, or something, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You go, wow, he used to have a show of lesbians riding Sibians, and now he's interviewing A-list actors about some dumb, uh, like, Riverdale <laughs> what? What's going on? And then ONA, of course, broke up 10 years ago in 2014. And a lot of people felt that Jim Norton, who had become a resident co-host on the show, had gotten a little bit softer than when he was a lot angrier during the late 90s, early 2000s, when he was brought on board with Andrew Dice Clay. So, but the fans weren't, were still angry. They needed that person to vent. And when Kevin Brennan came on board, when Kevin decided to become a uh, a name for people, they knew who Neil Brennan was. Neil is Kevin's younger brother, and he uh, he ended up. Uh, well, with Kevin was he had specials, he had pilots, he was on Star Search, but he was kind of a club comedian. He was what you would think as a 
Uh, he's just kind of the guy that uh, you would see at the club. Maybe you get some free tickets or you'd recognize him, but he wasn't necessarily a household name. But for a lot of people, he became a household name in um, uh, in 2014 when he was on the Opie and Jim Norton show where he went up there and ripped on his brother, ripped on his own mother, culminating in with these appearances having his own podcast. Now, who is Kevin Brennan? I'll play a little stand-up for you. I'll do it for you, Kev. One of 10 kids. That's too many kids, first of all. Who, anyone else from a big family? 10 kids in our family. We used to take showers together. You ever take a shower with your brother growing up? I've had girlfriends like, let's take a shower together. It's Valentine's Day. I'm like, I'm not going in there unless my brothers are here. That's a great bit. I, I've heard him do the bit. Um, so Kevin started a podcast called Misery Loves Company. And it's still around to this day, although it's had several incarnations since its launch in 2016. He's had, I can't even keep up with the amount of co-hosts. He had Lenny Marcus, Jimmy Martinez, and that was in the first year. Then Brian P. McCarthy was on board for about two years. And then COVID hit, and they were kind of doing this remotely. They had Chad Zumach as a co-host, and then eventually brought Bob Levy. I discussed Bob last week during my 10 years of stand-up. Bob was always very helpful to me, especially early on. He was the one who encouraged me to go on stage. He's uh, another one who was a longtime guest on the Howard Stern Show, and he was a he was a classic New York area comic. Not necessarily in the city, but like in the area. He would do a lot of firehouses. He would do the Long Island comedy clubs, the Jersey clubs. And uh, Bob at one time was uh, was on a lot of drugs and, uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of booze. He wasn't driving, so he was giving opportunities to guys like Jim Norton, Jim Florentine, and, uh, and Gino, I believe, that, hey, uh, I'll let you open for me if you drive me to the gig tonight so I can go out and get drunk and get fucked up and do whatever I want. That's kind of how that really ended up happening. Again, all this, this is just my perspective, so if, I'm, if there's some truths or some falsities that I'm mentioning, please let me know. I'm just trying to kind of keep everything together here. So eventually, the last couple of years, Bob Levy, who was doing a ton of podcasts, Bob had done a lot of radio, decided to get into doing uh, doing some podcasting. And he got on the radar of Kevin Brennan. And I thought, for a little while, I thought they had a pretty good rapport. They're two men, and they're well, around the same age. And... They're both miserably angry people. <laughs> and it kind of worked for a little bit. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed uh, listening to their podcast. I thought it gave the Misery Loves Company show a little bit of a boost that, look, the, the when COVID hit and we are all doing these Zoom podcasts, I've done, out of all my interviews, I think all but like three have been on Zoom. Everything else is, you know, has been, I'd ask a question and there'd be a little delay. So uh, tell me about this new book of yours. Delay? Yes, yeah, so my new book. There's something about having that in-person interaction with podcasting and with radio that has really gone by the wayside. I don't know if we'll ever really get that back because people have moved to different states. They have different setups with their podcasting equipment and uh, YouTube and and backgrounds and backdrops that they've had. Much different universe, or dabbleverse, should I say. So, Levy was banned from the Stern show at one time, and uh, and then you had Kevin, who was on Sirius and everything, so everybody kind of has a little bit of 
Opie and Anthony Howard Stern fingerprints and that they've gone off and done their own thing. So uh, at the beginning of Misery Loves Company, a lot of the guests were like comics that some of them you would know. Some of you, like a Bill Burr was on the one time. Uh, I believe David Tell did one. Colin Quinn had a great appearance. And then as that kind of, as Kevin started pissing a lot of people off in the New York comedy scene, like Gary Gullman, like Chris Redd, like uh, Leslie Jones, that he mm, the show was getting a little bit toxic for some comics to go on. Now, granted, a lot of comics listened to the show, but they're like, hey, I, I, I know a couple of them who've told me, I love that show. I can't be on that. It's too toxic of an environment. Like, I get it. I totally get it. Um, so long gone were the days of Bill Burr and Colin Quinn. You were getting the Ray DeVitos, Stevie Lou. You were getting, um, you know, puppets and potatoes. and co- I'm not kidding. There's puppets. There's a guy who's dressed as a potato named Cardiff Electric. There's a guy who's named Corn Diff. There's Tukey, who's the host of Tukey Soup, that he's a puppet. It looks like a Sesame Street character. It's kind of like a Grover mixed with Oscar the Grouch. And it just goes on. You have Obnoxious John as an orange. Yes, if you can't keep up with this right now, don't worry. A lot of people can't keep up with it either. You have fake names and fake this, fake that, and everything. Uh, To the point where even Misery Loves Company has had a guest like me on the podcast. That's where some of you have heard me on. You start subscribing, you start listening to my show because you heard me on Kevin's show. Um, But then eventually, the Bob and Kevin thing was starting to fall out. And they, I mean, it was to the point where Kevin's feuding with Chad, Kevin's feuding with Gino Bisconti over just just a bunch of dumb stuff. Um, Kevin had previously feuded with Dave Landau. He had feuded with uh, Anthony Cumia to the point where Anthony Cumia said, I am out of the Kevin Brennan business. So then... Kevin throws a tantrum. This is in October of 2022, trying to kill Gino, calling him certain gay slurs. <laughs> we can't really say, but you could on Compound Media. I mean, you, I could say him. I could still, I could say him right now if I want to, but I think you know where I'm going with it. And basically got himself almost banned from Compound because of that. Um, and because uh, there was there, there was a time when everybody started giving out people's phone numbers on the air, like Mike Calta, Cowhead down in Tampa, and Kevin's number went out, and Gino's number went out, and Chad's number, everybody's number. And it just, it, it was like, we're dealing with people born in the 1960s. All of them, everyone I've mentioned is born in the 60s, and yet they're acting like children. <laughs> but, oh, it gets worse. It continues. So Kevin and Bob had a comedy club in somewhere in, I think it was in Vineland, New Jersey. It was called Casey Rays, and it didn't really last very long. I, I think a lot of that had to do with the time of year, the proximity to Philadelphia uh, and to Atlantic City, but it was also not in Philly or Atlantic City, so it was a little bit off the beaten path. Plus, it wasn't a comedy club. It was a room at a bar restaurant type of thing. But then also, I remembered even saying it on this podcast and talking to Chad about this, how long is this going to last that Bob Levy is on the Shuley Network and doing a, doing the BS show with Shuley, but Shuley and Kevin don't get along. And eventually Kevin's going to say, where's your loyalty, Bob? Are you uh, an MLC guy? 
or are you a Shuli Network guy? And eventually Bob chose, I'm with the Shuli Network. And because of that, I think Kevin stopped paying Bob and there was a big fallout. And that they've been sniping each other for the last several months online, but they hadn't done so in person. Well, what's a better way to have everybody get together? Even though this should have been the time, I would think, you would settle the family business. Everybody gets together. Bygones be bygones. Let's get together. Let's break bread. Let's cheers. Skull! Let's do it in Atlantic City. At the Borgata. Why not? Everybody's going to be there. Gino's going to be there. Keanu's going to be there. Chad's going to be there. Tony Mazur's going to be there. We have uh, all the... the Patrick Melton's going to be there. We have... uh, Tukey's going to be there. We've got... uh, Let's see who else... I mean, there's all these other fans that were there. And uh, stuttering John Melendez happened to be there. A lot of people lot of people wondered if he was even going to show up, but uh, I think he took a Spirit Airlines flight, him and Vince the lawyer, and went out to Atlantic City and stayed at the Borgata. Somebody paid for his room, and John had himself a weekend fighting with Patrick Melton on Friday because Melton made a joke about John's trans kid, and John was, you know, Hit a blazer on. He's like, oh, you don't fucking talk about my kids. You don't do this. So the next day, people were talking about that. I didn't see Patrick Melton. I wasn't avoiding him. I just didn't see him. Didn't see him around. Wouldn't have recognized. If he kicked me in the ass, I wouldn't have any idea until he told me. So Saturday happens, and we get to the, the bar where we're doing the comedy show, and sure enough, who's sitting there? Stuttering John Melendez. And guess what? He was a good audience member. He actually was really good. He, I said, John, are you going to go on stage? You're going to do some time? He's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, I'm just up here. I'm going to enjoy myself. Okay. So when, you know, it's a, a bar setting, so you're not going to have people paying 100% attention. He actually stops the show at one time and just goes, everybody, everybody, I'm here for a comedy show. Everybody's got to calm down, quiet down. Well, I got to hear that. You want to hear the act. Like, okay, wow, John is actually being attentive. He was laughing at jokes. So it's so weird how my, how, you know, from the people who've worked with John or dealt with him in many ways, that many, and Anthony Zenhauser, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people have had a bad impression or a bad interaction with, with John. And I'm not saying that that can't change especially where we did the podcast, Chad and I did the podcast with John, his return show, that I'm still getting people to this day messaging me saying how funny it was. Mike Morse the other day at Florentine's party, he's like, Tony, you and Chad, the way you guys dealt with John that day on his return show was incredible. He's like, we still talk about that to this day, where Shuli and them, they were texting me fake Venmo receipts and Venmo payments like just screenshots, and I would hold up to the camera. I say, John, I don't know what's going on. I, look, I'll, I'll take my Venmo off. Uh, I but people are sending me one hundred ninety nine dollars. Like, well, are you gonna share some of that? It's not even your show. Why are they send you money, not sending me any money? And eventually, we had to tell him off the air. I don't know the break in the fourth wall. We said, John, these are all fake. We're just we were just messing with you and this. The people are sending us some goofy stuff. And he's like, oh, no, I'll be in a good sport about it. But I, I don't know. My, here's my thing. I had a great interaction with John this weekend. But I also know full well that if 
this podcast gets back to him and I even just was slightly critical or I said anything, then I'll be on his bad side again. I just, I know how it is. I was texting with him today. I was texting with him today. Oh, we had a good hang. It was a good time. Good time. How weird is that? Guy, I've been, I, 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 I've probably known Stuttering John. I've heard that name and heard that voice longer than I've heard Fred Flintstone or Bugs Bunny. <laughs> That's been in my life. My, my life is so strange. So that culminates in what happened after the comedy show. And this is my perspective. I know a lot of people, a lot of podcasts have covered this of people who weren't even there. They just saw the video and they commented on it. I was there for this. You don't see me in the video because I'm on the opposite side. So here's what happened. Kevin Brennan and Bob Levy have had some bad blood, but I didn't even know if either one of them were going to come out for this show, the show, or just Atlantic City to hang, to gamble, to God only knows what, take a nap, take a shit, have a steak dinner. I don't know. Didn't know. Got back from the gig, uh came back downstairs, met at the B bar, the center bar at the, the, the Borgata. And there's a band playing. And they're, they're playing like 80s, 90s, 2000s music. And it just so happens that uh, I they played the outfield, Your Love, which is what I opened the show with. And I'll get to that in a little bit. So we go over into the bar area and Stuttering John is sitting there. And then there's a couple of fans and there's Kevin Brennan. Kevin's here. So Chad and I walk over, and my wife's with, with me too, and walk over, and I, I shake hands with Kevin. Kevin says hi and, and everything. And, it, you know, the fans are just, it, it's like, it, it's so weird, this whole universe. For a guy, it's like, it's, that's Kevin Brennan, who I, 20 years ago, I used to watch him on Comedy Central. On, he had an HBO special and, and been a fan of his podcast, and he's had me on his, his show before, and I've worked with him for a weekend of, of stand-up. And here he knows who I am. So we're all just kind of hanging. We're, we're hanging out. We're doing it. And Kevin gets up and he, he goes he goes and is gambling. or I don't know what he was doing. So John brings me over to the couch next to him. He's like, Tony, come on over here. And he's like, yeah, here's my phone number. Just put, put this in your phone. Text me sometime. I'm like, all right, sure. And then, you know, I, I bought John a drink. Yes. Apparently, John said that he on Saturday drank 25 beers. I saw him probably put down at least eight or nine of those beers, and it wouldn't surprise me, especially if he's on Clonopin and all these other medication. Uh, so I'm drinking Ensure on his podcast. Uh, but John drank like 25 beers. Now, they're all cheap beers. If he drank 25 heavy, like Voodoo Ranger IPAs or Sam Adams, then he, he may not be alive right now, but it was all Coors Light. And then towards the end of the end was, um, I think I got a Mick Ultra. Hey, can you give me a Mick Ultra to water? Okay. Which I did. We had a good time. So I'm sitting down in the Kevin spot. Me and John are, are on the couch. The band is playing in the background. Um, and I notice Bob Levy shows up. And Bob and his wife, Gina. Gina's, Gina's awesome, by the way. I, ha I have to say that. Gina is awesome. I... Full disclosure, I actually know Bob's third... Gina's his fourth wife. I know his third wife. Bob used to come to town. I think I mentioned it in last week's podcast. But Bob would come to come to Cleveland because his wife, I'm not going to say her name, was from Cleveland. And so I got to see him a lot and get to know him. 
and uh, it was you know it was it was kind of cool. But I, I got to know Gina a little bit. She's really nice, and uh, I was talking to her, and my wife and, and was talking to Gina as well. So we're kind of all around this area, and somebody had mentioned to Bob that Kevin's here. But we didn't know where. He he was gone. He could have been gone a half hour or two hours. I don't know how much time had passed, but uh, he was he was kind of out of that area. So Bob and Gina go out into the casino floor, which is where you can smoke. You can't smoke in the bar, but you can smoke in the casino. It's strange. I, I don't get that. It's like the smoking and non-smoking section back in the day at a Denny's. We haven't had a we haven't been able to smoke in a bar or a restaurant in Ohio since 2006. So it's been 18 years that we can do that. And yet it's so weird when I go into a place and I see people smoking. So they go out there. I think Keanu may have been out there smoking too. So John and I are talking and a couple of fans are around. And uh, um, I think this is the one where John was telling telling a group of dudes from Madison, Wisconsin. He's like, yeah, I used to be on the Howard Stern show. Yeah, it's, uh, if you, have you ever heard of Stuttering John? They're like, yeah, yeah, that, I, it was, oh, that's me. And then they pull it up on Google. They're like, is this is this him? I'm like, yeah, that that was him. Should have gotten a picture with him. He was he was taking pictures. But um, so we're sitting there. Bob's out there smoking. And then Kevin walks over. And I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, boy, this is this might not be very good right now. <laughs> and John and I were like, uh, you see Levy's here. And he's like, and his eyes like lit up. It's like, Levy's here. And he pulls his phone out. He's got this uh, red, like rubber, like a you know, rubber case for his phone. And he pulls it out and he's holding it kind of against, you know how if you're with, how can I describe this? It's like when you're with around something and you want to take like a quick photo and pre- pretend like you're not doing anything like, oh, just uh, just wiping my phone down. And you're really taking like a couple of pictures trying to find the best one. And you send you're like, hey, doesn't this guy kind of look like so and so? Or like, can you believe this guy is, uh, has a shirt off and so fat at the beach? That kind of stuff. That's what Kevin was doing. So he holds his phone kind of against his chest. So he starts walking over and John gets up and says, uh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be, I don't know if he did say muscle, I couldn't hear, but he went with Kevin over to where Bob Levy is. So a lot of people have seen this video right now, but for folks who don't know, again, the setup is Levy's pissed at Kevin because Kevin didn't pay him for the podcast the last month or so, and that there's been a lot of just back and forth sniping going on. So this is where we pick it up here. So Kevin has the phone out. He's he's recording now. You see John walking in front of him. The band is playing. So this is right. I'm 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 ten feet away from here at this point, and Kevin's going to look for Bob Levy. And if you didn't pick up on it, Kevin's asking John, he's like, what, what, what should we say? How should we, how should we approach Bob right now? Bob, Bob, you looking for me? You looking for me? You looking for me? Looking for me, you fucking bitch. So 
by the way, poor Gina, she's not like pulling Bob away. This is what a great wife she is. She's like, this is their battle. I'm just going to get out of their way, which is what all women should be doing. Don't get involved and fight with two dudes. Just stay out of the way. We'll handle it. Um, and what you heard there briefly was uh, Bob had, he didn't have much of a drink. From what I heard, Bob is not really, he he prefers to drive. So he was trying not to get too drunk. He may have had like just a little bit of a drink, maybe some ice. So there wasn't too much that he threw at Kevin there. And wait, uh, uh, let me go back here. There it is. It's funny that Bob is calling Kevin an old man. I think. I think Bob's only two years younger than Kevin. <laughs> These are men in their 60s. Now, people are wondering why why was Kevin hiding behind the the railing that's there? Well, again, the he's on the upper platform of the bar where you can't smoke. Bob is down there smoking. So is Kevin going to wait for Bob to come all the way up, or is he going to approach him there? That's why some people are like, oh, that's a bitch move from Kevin. Why didn't you go down there and confront him? Why'd you stay up there where the security is and that Bob would have to climb over the railing to come get you? I I, I don't know if that was all planned out, if that was all thought through, but I'm just explaining to you what was going on as this was happening. So I went over to Vince, the lawyer, and I said, um, you might want to get your phone out because Vince, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was YouTube or Instagram, but he was recording like the whole night. I'm probably in so many of his videos in the background. And I told Vince, I'm like, you better keep that phone recording. There's uh, something going on right now. So he sprints over into that area. So he sees exactly what's going on. That's Kevin saying you, you got to throw Bob out, which apparently they did. And I, I, I don't know if that's the the truth, but he had he's banned from the Borgata. They said for life because you don't. It's not that you try to fight somebody because there was the whole thing with John and Patrick Melton the night before, but it was also that you're throwing drinks and getting into it, and that you, he's given a card and that if he trespasses i guess he's banned for life i don't know here's what vince the lawyer says doing the funniest thing ever i guess kevin brennan that dude went and bob took a swing at him and kevin's video is out there uh, i have a video of bob throwing a cup of ice which you can't do at the borgata i explained to them they trespass you quickly here it's not a joke so bob is no longer allowed on the premises of the borgata Luckily, I, I listened closely. They didn't say all MGM properties. So I have to give credit to Bob. Kevin was just, I think, fucking around. I had no idea that those, if, if those two even had any type of issue. When I walked over, I saw the biggest surprise of my life. John Edward Melendez, the peacekeeper, trying to keep peace between the two. I figured it would be John that was in, in, involved in the altercation. It wasn't. It, it was Bob. Uh, Bob threw the cup, and that's really what got them. And I'm videoing that part, not knowing what transpired beforehand. 
I didn't know the beat between the two. But either way, uh, Bob has been trespassed. Beep, 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 beep. Breaking news. Bob has been trespassed from the Borgata. Gina was there too. Unfortunately, they had a room for tomorrow. So if anyone needs a room tomorrow... John, do you need a room for tomorrow? Yeah. Well, <laughs> one man's trash is another man's uh, treasure. Well, well, that's not mine. Beep, 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 beep. Unfortunately... Bob's room's gonna go to John, I guess. And by the way, Dawn, what? I have another room for you because the, the guy is leaving tomorrow and getting another room. So we, you guys can't have your own room tomorrow. What do you mean? You have two rooms tomorrow? Yeah. All right, so. Boy, John is bombed out of his mind there. <laughs> he really was. It's weird. My That interaction with John Melendez was a positive one. It's so strange because of all these shows. Like the Shuli Network and the Uncle Rico Show. Now, why why is what, why is it called the Uncle Rico Show? It's a show where they make fun of Stuttering John. And why is it called Uncle Rico? Because all of John's stories are like the Uncle Rico character from Napoleon Dynamite. That John doesn't have any new stories, or at least when they started doing the podcast, it were all 25, 30, even 35-year-old stories. They would talk about, hey, you know what, the Stern Show, uh, you know, we had... Uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, Pat Cooper came in that one time, and uh, uh, Jack Riley, and uh, Pat McCormick, and Sam Kinison. <clears throat> he would do all those things, and so that's where Shuli and Bob Levy and Mike Morris, and now Anthony Zenhauser is a part of it too, saying, "Hey, let's do a show where we talk about things from the past," because that's what Napoleon, that's what the Uncle Rico character did on Napoleon Dynamite was. He could throw. He used to be able to throw a football over the mountains. That uh, if coach put him in, they would have won states in '82 and all that stuff. And that's what he was going for with this this whole thing. But with all the negative interactions with Shuley and Levy and Patrick Melton and um, Anthony Cumia and everybody and Chad and everybody else who's been on his uh, stuttering John's bad side, I actually had a positive interaction. Now again. This all could get back to him, and then I I, slant, I slanted him. He talked about, okay, then maybe it's short-lived. That's all I'm going to say is I I went there as, don't you could call me a fence-sitter, whatever. I don't care. My whole thing is that in the days where the audiences are way more fragmented than they used to be, where you would have a, a radio show like the Jim Rome show, you know, you're in the jungle with Jim Rome. And you can go to a venue with like four or 5,000 people who were huge fans of a syndicated radio show, or Bob and Tom, or Howard Stern, or Opie and Anthony, or you name it, Don Imus. They can come to a town that they're syndicated, that, you know, they're syndicated out of New York or LA or wherever, and come to a town know that they have a big enough audience to fill up a venue. Those days are gone. So if you're trying to gain an audience and see people, you almost have to go where the audience is. And I know that from what I look at and my numbers for my podcast and the podcasts that I go on and I get response to, they tend to be more East Coasters. They tend to be Philly area. I think the most is probably Pennsylvania, Jersey. And so why not go to Atlantic City where the people are? Have a It's not necessarily a centralized location, but it is as far as instead of people flying across the country... They'll drive two hours from New York to Atlantic City. They'll drive an hour from Philly or two hours from somewhere in Pennsylvania. 
It's just easier to go to them as opposed to they come to you. Those days are gone. If you took a show like what Gino, Chad, Keanu, and I did on Saturday, and we took that on the road to St. Louis, how many people are going to be there? We have to be honest with ourselves. You would go to a place where it's plausible that the audience knows who you are, that knows what the show is going to be about, inappropriate, uh, dirty jokes, all that kind of stuff. It, you you just have to know where your audience is and who your audience is, and that's why we did it. Um, that's why I wanted to go and meet these people face-to-face. It was really cool. I had a great time. I even had positive time with Vince the Lawyer. He put me on a just a spit several weeks ago over my interviewing skills when I was with Zenhauser. He said that I was doing compound questioning. And it's a crutch that has been with me for a long time. I can't stand it. It's when I would ask a question and then ask two other questions inside the main question. So I would say, let's say, for example, I'm interviewing Stuttering John. I would say, so John, you were on The Tonight Show. And you were on The Tonight Show after you got let go from Howard. And, you know, it was uh, the, the whole Howard Stern thing and the fallout with that and what you had to deal with him and all the characters. And you had this, this, and this going on. And then I would try to find a way to circle myself back into that original question of, what was it like working with Jay Leno? Why can't I just say, so John, you got hired as the writer and announcer on The Tonight Show. How was that? What was it like to work with Jay? How did you feel when you weren't asked back on the show when Jay was about to retire and then he unretired and all that? I could have asked that. Those are fine questions, but I just compound the questions. I don't know if it's nervousness or it's a tick or whatever. So I actually thanked him. I said, you... You had that as constructive crit, <clears throat> whether you were trying to rip on me, troll me, do whatever. I took it as constructive criticism, and I did appreciate that. Um, so yeah, it was just crazy. We're talking about men in their, <laughs> these are men in their sixties, sixties. I'm thirty five, and yet it's it's still like way, <laughs> way too immature that this was going on, but. I like a good awkward situation. Here's a little bit of Kevin. This is Kevin talking about it on his podcast two days ago about about his side of this of this whole situation. Or or again. But, you know, they get him so worked up at the shit wayers network that, that he almost has to react that way. Like they're always telling him like how evil I am and, and how I fucked him. And and, you know, and Shirley probably told him a hundred times like, Bob. You know, you quit Brennan's show. Brennan's going to go out of business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so they really, they really get him jacked up over there. So, so I think when he saw me, his two options were like, you know, I could just be calm or I could just fucking flip out, you know, because I could almost see it like go through his brain, like which which option do I pick? Do I do you know? Because when I, I'm like Bob, Bob, you looking for me? And he kind of looked at me, and then and then a split second later, he started flipping out. So he processed it like, should I flip out? And again, his advantage was he wasn't staying at the casino, and neither was I. So uh, like they said, are you staying at the? They go, we can escort you uh, to your room. I go, well, I'm not staying here. I said I tried to, but you guys were sold out. So I basically uh, did a humble brag for the Brigada, you know. So so that's Kevin's side of it, why he was doing it. Actually, there's a little more from uh, him and Carlos Danger here. I'll play. I'll just play a little bit more. Uh, uh, but again, I knew I, I was always going to have my phone on in case uh, some shenanigans happen. And so he we, threw a drink and, and he lunged at you and then threw a drink. Or was there a punch thrown? It was hard to tell in the chaos. And there's so many different interpretations out there now. 
I know. That's why the, the I, I didn't I didn't do a good good enough job. Okay, so and then they play the video and everything. So, wh- where does it stand? Where does it stand with this dabble verse? Where where do we go from here? And I think that here's the other thing that people want to know about is is this a work? Is this what's called in pro wrestling a kayfabe? Is this you know are are people being this silly, they're going out of control, or, or is there like a legitimate hatred, a legitimate venom between people? Because I, I hear this all the time when it comes to the Perry Caravello universe. Perry is the uh, protagonist, or antagonist, I guess you could say, kind of both, of one of the greatest movies of all time called Windy City Heat with Don Barris and Mole, a.k.a. Tony Barbieri. And what it was is since 1992, Perry has been... Perry moved to California in the 70s and he was uh, managing and doing some hype work and producing some uh, like heavy metal bands of the 80s throughout LA. And he was a huge Sam Kinison fan and he thought he could basically do the Sam Kinison scream but have no material. <laughs> so he would go up on stage and start yelling, but he didn't really have any jokes or material. And I guess he threatened Don Barris, like, oh, I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking kill you. And instead of Don getting angry and banning him from the Westwood, at the time the comedy store was in Westwood, they had another location. He's like, how about this? I'm going to make you a star. And they called it the Perry Project. And it had all these people involved, like Jimmy Kimmel was involved. And um, there, were, there were so many other factors of people. Tom Stern, you know, Yergi and their... And they were all messing with him, and they were all in on this joke of, we're going to make Perry a star. So Comedy Central gave Jimmy Kimmel like $20,000, $25,000 to make a movie where they just pull pranks on Perry, even though he thinks he's going to be a big star. And ever since then, he's continuing to do a show called Perry Caravello Live. Uh, He had the Big Three podcast. Everybody wanted to know, how much does Perry know that they're fucking with him? The whole time, and they're messing with this guy. He's not going to be a star, and now everybody's involved in it, and they want to know, is this a work? And everybody says, if this is a work, then Perry deserves an Oscar because it's the greatest acting job of all time. Perry has brain damage, and he he's irrational. He's an irrational person. And they make him do things. They'll super chat him uh, money for him to smear himself with chocolate sauce or to uh, eat McDonald's. They would send him McDonald's. And he would get yell at the Uber, Uber Eats guy dropping off his McDonald's. So all these weird things that would pop up on that show. But I, I, I like Perry, and I'm weirdly involved in the Perryverse now, <laughs> the Perry Project, although from like kind of a little bit of a distance. I just know all the characters. I talk to them, everything. They might be listening to this podcast too. But they want to know what's a work, what's a kayfabe, what... Is this, how much is Perry in on it? And he's really not. He really, I guess he really believes he's still on his path to stardom at 60 years old. Yet Perry, out of all these things, of him yelling and screaming in his little apartment in Reseda, California, is still seeming like he's more mature than all these 60-year-olds fighting at the bar. <laughs> so my whole thing is, I, I, don't, I don't have an issue with people in the Dabbleverse. I really don't. None of them. And you can, again, you can call me a fence sitter, but they've never done anything to me. Well, I shouldn't say that. There is one person. I'm not going to mention him by name. 
Not going to talk about him. So if he's listening to this, he comes across this, maybe he'll think, I, you know, you never know. But there's a there's one person in particular who really, we're going to have a little conversation if we ever meet in person. And he, anyone who has seen, like, because there, there have been a couple of people who, like the, the Stevie Lou stuff, like, I, I don't care about Stevie Lou. He's not the one. It doesn't bother me. You know, we've we've we had a little fun with Stevie Lou. I have no problem with Melton. I didn't know who he was until a couple of months ago. Anyways, it's not a big deal to me. There's only one person in this Dabbleverse that is a real piece of shit that uh, I I'm gonna have to deal with at some point. I'm not gonna say what I'm gonna do, but we're gonna have a little conversation, and I'm not gonna mention him. If you want to, if you want to DM me, maybe I'll give you a hint. But no, not gonna tell you. Not gonna not not gonna do it. I have no problem with people in the universe. Kevin's never done anything bad to me. I think the worst thing Kevin said about me is that I'm a bore. And to be honest, uh, I'm at the point I don't mind being a bore. <laughs> I, I don't, if if my podcast is, I, I have guests on and we talk about the news and whatever is bothering me and that's happening in pop culture, politics, whatever, then okay, that's fine. Um, I, I don't have that screw loose Maybe I would have been a little bit more irrational when I was younger, but I don't have that anymore. I have no problem with Levy, um, although it's been kind of awkward. I'll be honest, that Bob and I, Bob used to retweet me a lot, and we used to talk a bunch more, but I don't know, it's a little strange. Gavin said something really funny on his show the other day. He said that Bob Levy looks like a very, very sexy grandmother. <laughs> Uh, and everyone's having their doing their reactions and their reactions to the reactions of people who weren't in Atlantic City. They're just like they pretend they're on the ground, like Ray DeVito and Stevie Lou and and other people. But uh, I was there. I saw this go on. So if you want my opinion, you want my viewpoint. To this podcast has been my viewpoint from not only the B bar but just the whole the whole dabble verse in general. It's uh it's annoying a lot. I can't keep up with it. There's too much doxing that goes on. There's too much of, um, there's there's a lot of trolling that there are people who are not self-aware into thinking that they gave a couple of bucks for a super chat and that the fans can dictate the show. That's the one thing that why I don't go live because I don't want chat rooms just because you're paying me 10 bucks that I'm not, I have to stop everything that I was going to do in the podcast to read your chat. No. No, if you're a fan of mine, come to my Patreon. Yes, I understand I don't have a ton of Patreon supporters and, and followers, but I appreciate the ones who are on here and want content because I think there's uh, an element to the Dabbleverse that people just hit the live button and don't have something to talk about. Call me old-fashioned. Call me an old radio guy. But whenever I do these shows, including this one, I have notes so it's not, I'm not just riffing off the top of my head. I can. I just can't guarantee it's going to be a great show. But I have notes of things that I like to get into. I do show prep. I like content. I like posting content. Just because you're hitting the live button and then you go, Hey, hey, welcome to the Rock Bottom Podcast. Hey, hey, uh, do anything to talk? Like, how about the big game? Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Talk Taylor Swift. Anything. Just seems there's a there's a, there's a few podcasts that they just hit the uh, the go live button and there's really not much that as far as content that goes. So that was my view. Had a good time in Atlantic City. Great meeting some of the fans. 
Uh, positive interaction with Stuttering John. Fun to watch the Levy uh, Brennan brawl. Uh, first-hand account. Saw it in person. So uh, I, I know it's spun a bunch of different ways. There's Team Ke- Kevin. There's Team Levy. There's, uh, you know, John's weirdly in the middle of it. As Vin said, he was kind of like a peacemaker. But uh, that was my view of Atlantic City. I did a podcast over the weekend that I wanted to put out for Monday, and I realized, hmm, I may as well put this out immediately. On I recorded it Saturday morning because there could be things that'll happen tonight at the at the Borgata at the comedy show that I'm going to have to discuss on the podcast. Boy, was I right! I'm glad I put my normal Tony Mazer Patreon podcast out when I did because I wanted to have this episode dedicated to all things dabbleverse and atlantic city so i hope you enjoyed this podcast um it's just my viewpoint it's my viewpoint my opinions on this dabbleverse i don't know where we go from here i don't know if john's gonna be mad at me or if john's gonna have me on as a frequent guest on his podcast i don't know i hope everybody's okay I just, again, I had a great time in New Jersey. Not many people can say that these days. Hey, I had a great time in New Jersey. Thank you to, by the way, thank you to Ken Mosca for the the great dinner we went to. We had to actually move locations, but we had a great dinner. It was great meeting Keanu in person and uh, and, and seeing Gino again. Hadn't seen Gino in a while. Bill from Jersey hung out with us for a while. He was outstanding. Um, Actually, kind of took care of my wife because all this craziness, he kind of was like her bodyguard. That my wife is there, and I, I, I don't, I don't know a lot of these these weirdos. These could be creepy guys hitting on her, trying to buy her drinks or something like that. So at least Bill was there and was was involved in this. So I was happy to uh, to have him kind of be involved. And yeah, everybody else, it was it was a good time. So I, and if if you're listening, and I, I didn't mention you, but I met you. I apologize. I I also had a lot. I didn't have 25 beers like John did, but I had, I had several. I went back to drinking this weekend. Not binge drinking, but uh, social drinking. I'm not drinking now. I've got nice Niagara natural spring water next to me. As I'm going to wet my whistle mm, and sign off on this podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's and this week's Check Your Brain podcast. I'll have a podcast for you up on uh, Patreon on Friday. And I'm going to be back to my normal Monday through Thursday or Friday shows for next week. This week has just been crazy because then I had to, I took a day off from work, but then I had to go straight to work and I'm working long hours. So it's a little disjointed right now on Patreon, but it will be back next week and we'll be doing the normal stuff on the old Check Your Brain podcast. But if you want to go to Patreon, if you enjoyed this and you want more content from me, yes, content, not hit live and have nothing to talk about patreon.com slash Tony Mazur. Thank you for listening, and I'll be back with you with another podcast, an interview podcast, coming up for you next week. Good night, goodbye, good day, whenever you're listening to this. Bye, everyone.